podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here we go, it's the Combine Podcast. Hello, everyone. Back to the Combine Podcast. I'm Miss Moran. I'm joined as usual by Jay Pierce. And how are you doing, Jay? All right, pal. You okay? All good, all good. And we've also got we Matt Ramirez once again back from the back from the dead after no show last week. I do, Matt, you okay? I'm alright, yeah. I've been informed that I put on a bit of an accent apparently when I talk to you guys. We're gonna work on that today. Very conscious. <laughs> I can't tell any accent, you know. You sound you'd like you're from London to me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're uh, we're joined by uh the left was LFC correspondent Paul Ghost. How are you doing, Paul? Not bad, lads. Not bad, yeah. How are we all? Yeah, good. Nice to have you back on. It's been a yeah, yeah. Last time was on a while. in the middle of lockdown, weren't we? So it's it's uh... yeah. When, when was it? April, May, sometime like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, glad to be back on. Um, having a little matter. <laughs> good stuff. And, and what so games to talk you... about as well? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The first the first sixty minutes we'll we'll cover on the last half. Now we might um we might skate over that bit a little bit. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just b- before we uh, before we start, like in, like about the match, what did you make of the um, the start eleven? Paul, obviously, there was a lot of talk going into the game. If is Yota going to start? Is Firmino going to start? And are they, are they both going to start? And obviously, they both started. Were you surprised by that? I was. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I don't think that the four two three one has worked that well um, against Sheffield United and West Ham. I thought Liverpool kind of struggled to create anything. Of note until maybe the last twenty minutes when when they knew they had to go a bit helpful leather. So uh, I was surprised to see Klopp going for it in the Etihad at the the ground he called it the most difficult place in world football on Friday. So um, that was a surprise. But then you hear him talk and, and he says we've got to be bold and we've got to be brave. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, fair enough. I, I can see why he's thinking. Well, we're the champions. You know, we're not scared of anyone. Let's go there and, and give it a go. And for you know, particularly first half, it looked like a bit of a masterstroke, didn't it? Liverpool really took it to City and um, thought the energy levels kind of ran out in the second half. He played, <clears throat> what was it, seven games in, in 22 days and, and that kind of showed in the last half hour when both teams were just kind of content to settle for a draw. But I thought when, when the team dropped, it was a big statement, really. And um, it was probably, particularly first half, was probably the best that they performed using that 4-2-3-1 this season. Yeah, and I think it's it's nice, like Klopp's are after, it's nice to have all these like options. I mean, like going going to the Etihad with Genie and Hendo as the only two midfielders and have having those other four. It was a bit of a statement of intent, wasn't it, Jay, in terms of this is how we're setting up and this is how we're gonna take the game into you. Yeah, it was a big surprise, uh, from I think everybody's perspective really. Obviously the towards the late afternoon there was rumours of how we were gonna line up and it was Twitter was going mad saying all four are starting, all four are starting. You think, right, what are we going to do here? And you think, right, are we going to be weak in the field? Because that's usually where City do where a lot of the battles is in the midfield area. So I was just, I was nervous because obviously, like Paul said, it, it we'd done it against Sheffield. I hadn't really do, done the business for us that formation. But Jesus, I was so happy where we played in that first half. I just thought, right, we can do this to anybody now because it is, it was such a good performance. And yeah, obviously, like Paul said, it, it, it weaned a little bit in the second half. There was a lot of circumstances with the reasons why that happened. But yeah, mate, 
for us to play like that in that first half against City, and we were all over them those first those first minutes, and it carried on throughout the rest of the, the first half. And yeah, absolutely loved it, and I was so proud of the team the way they played with that formation because they must have been working on that in secret. No one knew about it, and it was just like yeah, yeah, Pep, there's another curveball for you. But it's good o'clock to do that because over the last couple of years, the way we've played, we sort of have that fear of teams are going to start working us out a little bit. So having that little, nice little alternative with like shit, what we're going to do now. It was really, really good. So yeah, very, very pleased. Yeah, and, Cl- and Klopp also said like it's this formation. It, it, as long as everyone does the, the right things in the right moment, defensively and, and offensively, it can work as well as obviously the try and trust of four three three with the with the Brexit midfield or whatever. It it can work the exact same if you if everyone's got the same intentions and everyone everyone uh, singing from the same hymn sheet, so to speak. But another another face was nice to see back was obviously Joel Matip and. He's been out of um, action for a couple of weeks. I think he's missed like six games or something like that with um, since since the derby. It was nice to see him back in the team, wasn't it, Matt? Obviously, we need we needed his experience in, in this type of game. Yeah, I think we talked about it after the Atlanta game, didn't we? Um, that was it. Williams, uh, Phillips, or Matip, and Matip, obviously the the senior head, the big guy at the back there, and. You know that we did well because no one's come out of that game saying, oh, you could notice that Liverpool didn't have Van Dijk. We did all right. We held our own. Um, and hopefully no injuries for Matip. But we didn't think he had one after Everton. So we'll just see what happens. But hopefully he keeps fit and we can keep him at the back with uh, with Joe. Yeah, and it's it, it, he played really well for me. Like him and Gomez were, were great. Obviously City and Fitz and Starts were with their creativity in the final third. They're always going to make chances. But... Let's crack on with the game. Obviously, after 13 minutes, we, we get a pen. Marnie, a little bit of little skill in the box, too quick for Carl Walker. And there's been a lot of talk recently about how good Carl Walker is. But Carl Walker and Cancelo can be as good as anyone. But when they come up against Marnie and Salah, it's a whole different prospect. I think you've got you've got to be absolutely on the ball. I don't think Walker's as good defensively as some people give him credit for. And that was that that was the tell sign. Like Marnie gets goes through and gets we get a pen and then Salah scores it. We yeah. Were you nervous when Salah stepped up, Paul, for that one? I mean, I, I keep saying it, but I'm always worried when Salah takes a pen, even though he always scores. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I, I know what you mean with that, because he, he, he's not got really kind of... He's not like Harry Kane in the, in the way he strikes a penalty, where, you know, if Kane wants to stick it in, he, Kane could pick a, choose, you know, a gap in the net and he'd be able to put it through it, but Salah just kind of head down, it's it, and, and more often than not, it does seem to go in, so... I think you've just got to look at his record. I think he scored 12, 12 penalties in a row now for Liverpool, including one in the Champions League after about two minutes. So if that if that's not pressure, then I don't know what is. So uh, I do kind of get what you mean in terms of being a little bit apprehensive when he's stepping up. But um, he's shown now that he's got to be Liverpool's main man from the penalty spots, hasn't he? I mean, you know, James Milner's been very reliable for years, but he doesn't play nearly as many games. And... Salah's always going to be the one who's going to grab the goals, isn't he? So, um, I, I think, I mean, I don't know this, but I, I'd, I'd imagine it's something he's, he's probably worked on as well. He, I was thinking he might have missed one. Was it against Huddersfield a couple of years ago at Anfield? And um, he's probably thought, this is a great chance for me to kind of get me me goal tally up, you know, by three, four a season. So, let's uh, let's spend 20 minutes after saying we're working on it. And fair play to him at the moment. He's sticking away everyone that he gets. Yeah, and like you said, like it, it improves his goal tie. Like I was looking today, like that's that's the, the he's got his tenth goal this season and all comps with that goal, and that's the fourth t- every season he's played for Liverpool. He scored over ten. It's just absolutely mad how, how how good he is, isn't it, Jay? Like in terms of 
reliability in front of goal. He's just an absolute goal machine, isn't he? No sound, Jay. Yeah, Jay, you, you muted, mate. Sorry about that, gents. Get a bit of feedback. <laughs> I thought, you know, I was watching the comments and all that, and I was I was away with myself then. Yeah, well, I know you talk about it a lot, mate, because um, you're a massive fan of Salah, right? I mean, we all are, obviously, but I know it's a regular thing for you, mate, how he's underappreciated. Um, and I think that's that's one of the things where you're... I just... The whole one-season wonder, two-season wonder, three-season wonder thing just, just really, really makes me laugh. And he's so underappreciated. And it's, it's like the Suarez thing. We didn't realise... Well, we knew what we had, obviously, when he when he left. Um, but, and we knew what we had at the time. But Salah's just one of those players we just think we are so blessed to be in a time where we are watching this, this fella play for Liverpool. And a lot of people who are at age or a lot younger will appreciate this and just go, Jesus Christ, I was there to witness Mo Salah playing for Liverpool. And... He is. It's just he is just a goal scoring machine, mate. And I think this. You had that stat the other week about his goal involvement, and it blew my mind. I just thought he's almost. I think it's like seventy, eighty percent of his games he's had a, a a goal involvement, and he just even that from an assist perspective is he's just incredible. Mate. It was so lucky to have him. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't want to be too stat heavy, but I saw another one as well. Like most chances created so far in the league this season, most Salah's topped that as well with twenty one. Head of the Bruno Nandes on twenty. It's like he doesn't. I don't think he gets quite enough uh, respect for that either. That in terms of, like we all know, he can be very, very greedy in front of goal because he's a goal scorer. He wants to score goals, but the way that he can assist people and create space that opens up, like key, the key areas in, in in the final third. I don't think that gets enough credit, does it, Matt? In terms of how good he is at that. No, but it's what you said. It's his selfishness. That's what we remember. Like if he's got money to his left and he chooses to shoot and he misses everyone remember that more than the assist that he gives um but he is like every, like everyone said he is he's a brilliant player um he definitely is underappreciated for 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 the ability that he has now um but he's just apart from a goal scoring genius he's creative genius as well like he'll get on the ball and everyone around him will panic um yeah. so as hopefully he continues at liverpool for a long long time yeah, and it just goes into what Greg's just said there. Salah's worth right off the ball is top-notch. Obviously, seeing him in our own half chasing down players. And I think that's yeah. a, another thing he doesn't get credit for. And that's the reason why he's actually absolutely perfect for a club system. That he, he, he does all those things perfectly, to be honest. But uh, yeah, and so we, we go 1-0 up and then <laughs> they they end up getting one back, obviously, after like, I think it was 15 minutes later, 31 minutes. Jesus, uh, I think it was... Mane goes in for um, to press, then they switch play. Genie gets dragged out of position. Probably should try and block the the route to De Bruyne, and they end up a bit a bit of crucial passing in the, in, in our in our box, and and then Jesus is through on goal after. A, do you think he meant that touch, Paul, <laughs> to get through on goal? I don't think he did, did he? I'll give him the credit. He's a Brazilian striker, so um, <laughs> they tend to. Tend to mean what they, what they try, don't they? So uh, I'll give them the credits on this one, yeah. But um, it was. A, I think the fact that Liverpool were only playing with with the two midfielders meant that De Bruyne was able to to find more space than he probably normally would against Liverpool. I mean, you think if you're coming up against Manchester City, all the talk is we need to stop De Bruyne, and he's still able to find space more often than not against teams. So he's so difficult to pin down. And for me, you know, you don't like to say this following Liverpool, but De Bruyne is probably the the best player in the Premier League, isn't he? Um, certainly one of them, if, you know, Mane or Salah are better than him or whatever, but um, to give him that kind of room was, was probably criminal from Liverpool and, 
he's he's leading his mates. He's made it one one. Yeah, and it's just one of those things. He's he's going to get a chance, at least a couple of chances during the game, no matter how much you man mark him, whatever he's got. Yeah. He just knows to pick up those spaces in between the lines, doesn't he? So it's it was going to happen eventually, and um, yeah, unfortunately it, it happened. Obviously, just not long after we got that first goal, but then obviously the the big talking point was obviously the penalty that that comes on the forty two minute mark, and I've seen a lot of chat recently. I've watched much of the day as well. Um, well, I watched it this morning actually, but. Uh, when you look as well at the, I think it was the Wolves game where Leicester get a pen because it, it was yeah, like three, three yeah, yards yeah. away, and it's like, and then this one is like, I think it was eight yards, I think they said, but it's just like the the referee is going over to have a look at it, and yeah, technically it's a penalty because it hits his arm, but in terms of can they do anything about it, like the speed the Brunyas hit that ball, how is Joe Gomez meant to get his way, his arms out of the way in, t- in terms of? To, to to not give away a penalty, it is a harsh one, isn't it, Jay? But you can you can also see why it was given as well. Yeah, as soon as it as soon as it happened, mate, I was like, yeah, it's, it's going to give that because this day and age, the way the penalties are this season, that they, they were always going to give it. So again, you're seeing them giving, you're seeing them not giving pre VAR, post VAR. So it's one of them things at the minute. We just got to suck it up and deal with it. But you know, I'm not, I'm not like I said, mate. I just it was going to be given, and you, it's like Carrigan said in the commentaries, get. Get your hands out of an unnatural position like that because the ball's supposed to the way it's coming in, the way you're running and stuff like that. And Joe even said after the game, didn't he? Why are you watching it in slow motion? Watch it in real time so then you can make the the everything looks worse in slow motion, don't they? Bloody hell, I look worse in slow motion. Yeah, I look bad enough in in normal motion. You know what I mean? But it, it's it's really frustrating the way the rules are at the minute. And it's not the technology; it's the rules, and that's what we've got always got to remember. Um, but at the end of the day, we just knew he was going to give, and I just sat there going, "Yeah, just give it, or you well, let's let's take it." Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite nice that penalty actually. <laughs> yeah, and we t- we just touched on how good De Bruyne is, and obviously he's one of the best in the league by a long way. The fact that he goes and misses that pen, Matt, it was a bit. I was absolutely flabbergasted to be honest because I just thought he's going to hit this bottom bin and then that's it. It's, he's he's not going to miss here. Yeah, it's not even the fact that he missed the pen. It's that Alisson dived the wrong way as well, so he didn't have to hit it at the corner. <laughs> Like, it was just a very, very poor penalty. Like, that was shades of, taking it back here, but shades of Carabao Cup final against Cardiff, when I think it was Gerard's cousin that did the exact same thing. It's just bad, bad penalty that you're just thinking, all right, well, De Bruyne's going to just smash this in, and that's us 2-1 down. Like, no one would have guessed that that was going to miss the target, let alone. But, yeah, that was... Uh, I didn't think we'd lose that. He does support us, though, doesn't he? We are his favourite team and his favourite player was Michael Owen, so, you know, he might have done it on purpose. (laughs) 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 I've seen seen loads of tweets after he missed that, like with him on a horse with a little top on and all that, just absolutely hilarious. Like, he's missed it on purpose. I hope he he did. But, like, the the fact is, if that goes in just literally three minutes before half time, it makes it really difficult for us, doesn't it? Especially, like, do we then change the system, open ourselves up to more, potentially much conceding more? I think the fact that it didn't go in, that kind of paved the way for what became the last half an hour. Obviously, the, the only thing I can, I've just been saying to you before we started, what happened in the last half hour? I mean, obviously, Trent, Trent got injured on 63, which was obviously really bad news, and then we had to bring Millie on. And um, so we had, a, I think he had a scan today, didn't he, Paul? But obviously, with the international break, we're not too sure what's, what, what's going to come of that yet, do we? Yeah, uh, it's 
He had a scan today, but um, no kind of update on on how long he's going to be out or you know what it's what it's going to mean for Liverpool season. I think now Liverpool have got a week off um, before they move across to Kirby next week, so um, we'll we'll have to, to see on that. Um, but it's not going to be it's not going to be you know a week or a, or a ten day one, is it? I think with calf uh, calf issues, it's normally you're looking at minimum of, of four to six weeks. Unfortunately, I mean Liverpool know all about calf strains with Allison, don't they? From the beginning of last season, when he missed was it 10 or 11, 12 games. So um, hopefully, it's not as severe as that one. But um, I'd, I'd be doubtful if so I'd be surprised if he's fit for, for Leicester at least. Um, that, that, that's probably what I'd say at this stage. Hopefully it's not that bad, but um, calf ones tend to be, you know, a good one to six weeks, don't they? Sadly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it is horrendous news because well, we are short now. We do rely on people being fit, like the likes of Van Dyke. If they people like this get injured, there is a a huge spanner in the works in terms of our system being carried out the same as it as it would with them in a the team. So we then have to rely on maybe a Nechel Williams coming back in from the. From the wilderness, obviously, he had a bit of a tough time in the couple of games he's played in, um, in the cups and stuff like that. Do you expect him to to, to fill that void, Jay, in terms of going forward for the for the duration strength out? I, I do expect him to play a couple of games. I don't know if he'll play uh, play every single game because Millie's more than capable of, of filling in that spot. Obviously, when Trent doesn't play, we we lose something on that right hand side. You know, it, it is a little bit imbalanced in terms of the wing. Um, from from attackers, the way he can he can play a ball, and we saw that from Millie, didn't we? The difference was a couple of times Millie had the chance to to whip a ball in um, last last night, and he just he didn't do it. He just came back inside, and maybe that was part of the tactic. I don't know because you know you don't want to be giving the ball away, and we we were really off attacking balls yesterday, so maybe there was some in that. We all know James Millie can play a ball, but there is a massive difference when Trent doesn't play. So I expect the the shifts to be split between the two of them, and um, hopefully. Uh, Necker Williams comes back and he's, uh, he's got a bit of confidence in him because obviously the, the, what had gone on after the game and the, the, the horrid, torrid abuse that he got was was disgusting. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen again and he gets a bit of confidence uh, back back in his back in his legs again because he's a, he's a great talent. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need him back in there ASAP. Obviously, if he's out for like Paul said, it's gonna probably is gonna be four to six weeks. So it's a the Leicester games two weeks, isn't it? So it's he's going to be missing for for a fair few, to be honest. So luckily, we'll hopefully have uh, Fabinho and Thiago to come back in there. So we should be a lot, a lot, lot stronger going into that Leicester game because they're they're banging form. So we need, we need them all, don't we? So it's going to be about, it's going to be. Um, about Fabinho at right back. Well, I was just about to say yeah. you could put Fabinho back at centre half and Gomez could go right back because Gomez. Sort of played uh, right back. Paul, am I right in thinking it was like sort of like the beginning of his Liverpool career? Gomez was he was sort of playing between the two positions, wasn't he? When when he first joined under Brendan Rodgers, he was left back, wasn't he, for the first few months? Um, he has played right back. Um, played the, as recently as last season. Um, I think it was Genk, was it, in the Champions League at home? Um, I, I'd imagine Gomez would be the front runner to play like right back ahead of Fabinho. I know. Fabinho played there for Monaco for a bit, but he's never played there for Liverpool. And at a time when he's already been reinvented as a centre back, I think that might be, you know, a little bit of a stretch for him. So I think if it's not going to be Nico Williams, then I'd imagine it would be Gomez. But 
I think uh, I think Klopp will, will just play uh, Williams. To be honest, I mean, um, I think his performances in the League Cup were a bit kind of exaggerated from um, you know idiots on social media who don't have the real names to, to the abuse that they were handing out. I thought he, he was a little bit suspect here and there, but Liverpool won that game. Was it seven two? Um, so I wouldn't be too worried about putting him in for for a couple of games. Yeah, and I think people forget, like, he's still a kid. Like, people expect instant quality, like, straight away. Like, but look at Trent when he first started out. He was, I mean, he's still gettable in terms of defensively. We've seen that yesterday when Sterling can knock a past him and run when Sterling's absolutely rapid. And Nethel Williams, he's got a lot, he's only, what is he, 19? He's got, a, he's still got a lot of learner ahead of him. So he's, if he could come into the team now, it's. <laughs> Not like it's it's going to be it's like a baptism as a fire in a way he's going to come in against if he comes in against Leicester it's going to be a difficult game but there's no on the flip side it's no better way for him to come in and learn in these type of games do you, do you agree with that Matt in terms of him possibly learning in in, in this short span span of time turns out yeah baptism on fire is the the way that you think you've described that perfectly there because it's Leicester right now especially on the counter attack they're deadly. Um, but he'll definitely, he won't fill Trent's void going forward, but he'll give more than Millie, Gomez, Fab. Um, and it just be about protecting the kid, I guess. We've got Henderson back. He does a lot of work defensively. We'll have hopefully Fabi back as well. We've got Matip as well. So it should be all right. And the games that he has played for Liverpool, he's played quite well. Um, so I don't see why he can't just slot in at right back and just take the game to Leicester. At the end of the day, was it last year against Leicester we won 4-0 and everyone was expecting us to, to have a much tougher time than we did? If we can get at this Leicester team, which they are there to be got at, every team's there to be got at this season, if we can get at them, then it makes Nico Williams' defensive job a lot easier. Definitely. I agree with, agree with all that, 100%. But I just want to touch on what a, a comment here from Gavin. Obviously, Firmino comes off yesterday. I don't know what minute he came off. Was it like an hour mark, something like that? Yeah, 60, 70 minutes. Yeah. Do you, what did you make of his performance? Obviously, Gavin's, let's have a look at Gavin's point. He's put, got plenty of love for Bobby. He's been awesome for his last couple of years. Just feel the first time in his Liverpool career. He's actually under threat yeah. of losing his place in the starting lineup. In terms of, obviously, if we've just switched on Leicester there, probably might as well talk about it a bit more. Do you imagine, do you think it's time for Bobby to maybe have a rest? I don't know. It's difficult to say, isn't it, in terms of what he needs to. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, um, I, I wanted in my analysis piece for the for the game yesterday that for whatever reason, and, and there's probably ten reasons at least why for me, I was not quite firing as as um, as much as he, as he possibly should or has been in the past. Um, maybe he could just do with a bit of a rest. Um, another time when Jota is absolutely flying, Liverpool don't have to worry about taking for me off the team and seeing that huge drop off in quality with. Someone like Origi, who's a bit hit and miss here and there, and um, I just think it, it's it's probably the perfect time for him to, to come out, have a little bit of a breather, kind of come on for half an hour, twenty minutes here and there, and, and just just kind of ease his way back into form because um, it can't be easy at a time when um, he's just he just seems to be so short on confidence. And his goal recently, I thought that was going to be a little bit of a um, kickstart for him, but but it hasn't quite worked out that way and. Um, Liverpool can afford to, to give him a bit of a rest now for for a couple of games. So, um, I mean, it, it, it all, I think it depends on, on what he does for Brazil as well. Wasn't it last time he scored 
two two against was a Peru in, in the international break, and everyone thought that that might have been a little bit of a turning point for him. But he just still seems to be kind of stuck in this little bit of a little bit of a malaise. And I think the comment there, if it was it from Gavin, I thought he he kind of summed it up well. I mean, everyone's got so much respect for what Firmino's done for Liverpool over the last four or five years. Um, taking him off the team for a couple of games doesn't mean that all that work is undone, and suddenly people don't think he's up to much. He's still a top player. He's just kind of in a bit of a lull and. You know that that happens. So for me, uh, now is the ideal chance to give him a bit of a break. Yeah, it's it's a really good point there, Paul. It is it is it's really good um, because I I the way this new formation is um, and the way we we want Jota in there, we want Firmino in there. With with you saying that now, it might be a good idea to give him a break for for a couple of games. Do you think we'll stick with this? Formation, which obviously where it leaves us lacking in midfield, but great going forward. Um, or do you think we'll go back to the transition four three three over the next couple of weeks? I reckon. I think if the four who played yesterday aren't all going to play, then I don't think Klopp tried that formation. I, I, I mean, you could make a case for someone like Shakiri coming in in for me, you know, or, or Jota's place, but I just think he's using that. Formation because he's trying to get all, all of the big guns in. Um, I mean, for me, Shakiri's been been excellent the last few weeks, um, particularly when he came on against West Ham was it last week. Um, so he could feasibly just come in and, and keep that four two three one. But I just think if Firmino and Jota aren't going to play, then it'll just be back to to what we know. And I, I think a lot of it is down to the number of midfielders he's got available as well. I think at the moment, where Cater was out for a bit, wasn't he? And Thought it might have been a bit of a risk to play Curtis Jones in there yesterday, so he's gone gone with the two. But um, post international break, we're looking at uh, Thiago and Fabinho possibly back in the mix, so um, that'll give more of a more of a chance to play three in there, won't it? Absolutely. And Matt, you mentioned it on the last show, didn't you? That once Fabinho and uh, Thiago come back in, we're going to be a lot more relaxed than the way we've been over the last couple of weeks, won't we? It certainly will give. Not just uh, the team itself, but the fan base a bit of a lift as well. Even though we're, we're doing quite well over the last yeah. uh, few games, but you know it's it's good to get those two boys back, won't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Look, well, look at our performances so far. We haven't hit the heights of what we expect, but we're still one point off the top. And Thiago is yet to have a proper run in this team. Like, this is Thiago. He's one of the best midfielders in the world. When he comes in then that just changes the dimension of what this Liverpool team looks like going forward. Just playing a normal 4-3-3 when you've got someone like him that can unlock anything, yeah. then we're just going to be a lot more of a of a threat. Even I think I mentioned it a few weeks back, even when teams sit back in the past, it's usually worked against Liverpool. We found it a lot harder. Sitting back now is a big threat as well because you've got someone who, just by sitting back, you're going to give Thiago time on the ball. And that's not what you want to do with a player like him. So it's just a completely different prospect, this Liverpool team, with Thiago. And hopefully he's back against Leicester because no one knows how to play against him yet. So it'd be fun to take on the league leaders with Thiago. Yeah, it's a good point, mate. Um, well, just one final question. Uh, well, sorry, discussion point before we go. Uh, last quick one. Um, it's been a monumental week for the club in terms of uh, it's the last. It's been the last days at Melwood, um, so it's you know the the closure of uh, you know of, of a massive massive part of the club. And Paul, I know the the team's moving. Is it is it called the AXA Training Centre now? Um, have you managed to get your, yeah. 
Have you managed to get your eyes in there, mate? Have you seen it? Can you give us any info on what it's going to entail? Um, well, I, I, I got uh, I got shot around it a year ago, so it's obviously changed a lot since then. But at the time, it was looking like it was going to be a phenomenal kind of complex. And Liverpool privately have been talking about how they think it's going to be one of the best in Europe and the architecture designed it, um, KSI, I think, uh, KSS. Um, they're, they're talking about how it's going to be one of their kind of flagship development projects. And um, as, as Klopp said on, on Friday, it's going to be something that's going to benefit Liverpool for, for generations long after he's no longer the manager. So it's um, it's sad that Melwood is kind of gone now. Um it's, uh, it's an iconic kind of training ground, one of the most recognisable names in in world football in terms of training ground. So sad to see that see that go, and um, sad to no longer be going there of a Friday afternoon to to speak to Klopp and whatever else. But um, I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to normal whenever that is, and seeing what this um, what this new Kirby training ground is all about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was showing around it last year, but obviously circumstances have um, have kind of um, knocked that on the head for, for this year but I was told today that um, I might be getting a virtual showing of it next week so fingers crossed for that one Excellent mate, you'll have to uh, come back on and tell us all about that as well but obviously there's going to be no more Melwood Lean now isn't it, it's going to have to be called the Kirby Lean or you know the AXA Training Centre yeah. Lean or whatever, someone's going to have to come up with something for it anyway yeah. Um, but yeah listen uh, Matt, uh, Matt again thank you so much for joining us Paul thanks for joining us again mate, we really really appreciate it Obviously, Paul, if you're back on one more time, I guess your hat-trick ball from the cop white. So, you know, you're going to have to come on a lot sooner for that, mate. We'll get your hat-trick ball sent out to you. Yeah. Um, as always, everybody, thank you so much for, for watching. We appreciate all the comments. Give us a like, subscribe. And for those of you that haven't managed to watch the live show, but you're watching afterwards as well, we really appreciate your, appreciate your interaction with us as well. Enjoy the international break. We'll put out content uh, during the international break. So stay tuned for that. And uh, Mick, what, what's the line we say again? See you next time. <laughs>